Hey. 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 Hey, turn my headphones up, yo. <laughs> turn my headphones up, up. <laughs> All right, Diddy. I can't hear that. So, y'all know what that means. We are back for another week. Right. Cocktails and conversations. We're having fun. Getting to know this equipment more and more. I'm, I'm trying to tell y'all we're getting ready for our videos coming up soon. So, you can look at us. I ain't that pretty, but hey. <laughs> You might still want to look. <laughs> um, another tone this week, man. You know, we've been always kind of having these deep philosophical conversations, and you know what I'm saying. So, you know, it's a, it's 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 the day. So let's just um, come on some other stuff, man. Like if you ain't, if you ain't have what, what's your saying that you always tell me? Saying is, if you ain't having fun, you doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I used to. Be like, what the hell? What does that mean? And then life start hitting you, and it's like, have fun with this. Yep, yep. Even down to this podcast, like I think everybody who's tuning in and watch this with us, um, listen, not watch them, listen, listen to this, uh, listen to us talk this stuff. Um, but the reality of it is that we started doing this, and we had to start having fun doing it. I'm telling you. I was sitting, being bored, and you know, I gotta do this. When this gets right, I'm gonna get it done. <laughs> I mean, just, just start doing it. I am a little overweight, and I, I think it's okay, you know. <laughs> but we out here, so let's start having some fun doing this. I'm telling you, man. So, I want to uh, switch it up a little bit, since we are in Atlanta, and we're actual Atlanta natives. Yes, yes. <laughs> a lot of people uh, come to Atlanta. and I, Man, I remember when Atlanta was not... Well, we always been popping but where we didn't get the recognition that we got now. It's like, now the city's changing so much, and I am happy to see you all here. Take but, your ass back home. <laughs> man, good God. I, I mean, damn, dude, everybody got to come here. <laughs> right, man. And then, well, you know what? The thing about everybody coming down to Atlanta. Excuse me, let me talk proper. The thing about everyone coming down <laughs> to the city of Atlanta is that we welcome you. And, you know, so I'm going to say like this. A lot of folks come down to Atlanta because, I would say the culture, but what's going on? So I had one of my partners who came down here before. They were from uh, Chocolate City, uh, D.C., Washington, whatever. And, you know, I'm used to hearing Chocolate City. So I'm thinking it's a bunch of things up there, too, like we're down here. And... Dude came down here and he was like, man, I ain't never seen as many black people in one place one time together. And it's no, y'all ain't violent. Y'all just chilling. And I was like, what are you talking about? Ain't this like, like, nah, man, we ain't nothing like this in D.C. And then I took him to a few places around the city. You know, you have to do the, the Atlanta yeah, You got to do experience. the introduction. Welcome to Atlanta. What a player's playing. Right. So I, I, I took him on the Atlanta experience and called up some of my partners and went to different business venues, to mm-hmm. say the least. And he was like, bruh, y'all probably like, bruh, this is like. This tame <laughs> compared to where it used to where, be. <laughs> this is this is Atlanta, man. We do this on a regular weekend. I ain't doing this like this on a regular. I ain't, I'm, I'm a little old for this stuff, but this is what Atlanta does. Yeah. And either, um, you know, what you gonna do? So, we here in Chocolate City, but you all bring the culture and the violence from your city down to here. Down here, yeah. And that becomes my problem. Like, 
it's cool. Come on down, man. Cool. It's, it's it's enough money on the table. Yeah. If you're trying to get it, and not all the scammers and stuff like that, you know, that's that's not really a line of culture. We got hustlers. Yeah. We ain't trying to scam you. We are trying to hustle with you. Yeah. If you get hustled out your stuff, that is what it is. Yeah, I, trust, I'd have been hustled. I'm not gonna lie to you. But a full scam, that's not something we got from here. But it's so much money to be made out here legitimately. It's no need to scam. It's like, you know, people are getting up on the scams and all that. But you can come out here and start a business and people actually buy from you. That's it. You know, you can you can some of the best businesses and some of the most successful people, period, are here in Atlanta. But the thing, like you said, like leave your guns. If you got a problem, don't come to the club. I, you know what? I was just thinking about something. So I was out with me and my wife and our daughter and we were going over to the uh, park. And uh, it wasn't Piedmont Park or the Olympic Park, but you know, we over here, off of Camelton Road, and uh, we over at the park. And all the families out there, people out there, they got the music, the older folks, they got their beers, and you know, everybody barbecuing. We going, walking down by the lake, and we having a good time. All the families, all the kids out there, little while I see a, a young couple. Got the guy, he come out there. And right there, I see his hand drop, and this mother got ten nine. Right, and I'm like, man, look, <laughs> you got your kid, and you got a tech nine, and you at the park. If if, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, look, man, you see that? I'm thinking to myself, like, now whatever he expecting to happen, I don't want to be. You know, what I mean? so I feel the same way about Atlanta. Like, keep your like Atlanta always have been a wild city, but. Yes, but the thing is, a lot of the things about the culture of Atlanta has changed. Like um, the 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 southern hospitality is changing so oh, much because you got people from other cities. Like it was nothing for a man to hold a door. Like people would not sit, uh, men would not sit if a woman was standing. You know what I mean? And and a lot of that 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 culture is gone. Like because the people who are really from the south. Uh, really from Atlanta, they don't live in Atlanta no more. It's called chivalry. Yes, well, chivalry. But the other thing is like, when I grew up at, in the time that I grew up, when we grew up, you know, you can go to anybody's house. If you're hungry, you won't get a plate. Plates. You know what I mean? <laughs> they go, okay, and you, you your mother, a plate, you, fix a plate. But your, your boy, your friend look a little skinny. Exactly. <laughs> you made today, boy. <laughs> go sit at the table. Go, go sit at the table. You know, there's nothing for somebody to feed you in the South because- we come from in the South. There's plenty of everything. You got plenty of land, and you got plenty of. Uh, it's plenty of food to go around, and people live off of. I don't even want to say live, but the culture is it's enough for everybody. Man, and so a lot of people come from these condensed areas where everybody is piled on top of each other. People fighting for resources, and they like I'm gonna get mine before anybody else take it. And, you know, they got that mentality, but that's not the mentality here. That's not the original South mentality. It's uh-huh. like, okay, we, we all can eat. It's enough. And that comes from a impoverished mindset. Like, we all can can eat. You know, and it's crazy. Like you said, you when you look at other so-called black cities, they ain't never seen nothing like this. Right. Because I'm used to seeing black people in power. And I didn't realize that that was rare until start, you know, you meet people from other areas and they've never seen black mayors. They've never seen black councilmen. They've never seen black people who actually make things happen. Black, real black business ownership. 
they they ain't never really seen it. So I was in the airport um, with my nephew. Uh, we were coming from Chicago. We were catching a plane. It was delayed, then it was canceled to like the next morning, the next day's afternoon. Yeah. I was tired. I looked at my nephew. I was like, look, Neff, um, I can buy another ticket for another plane, or we can wait on this. Well, he looked at me and said, oh, I'm ready to go. All right, cool. So we're going to take the six, 7 a.m. flight out. I got to buy a whole new tickets in the airport. That's not the important part. The important part is that the next morning, we had to leave out and go back through TSA and go through another terminal. So the next morning, uh, we're going through the terminal, and I look at my nephew, and I said, nephew, see this? And he's just tired. I'm like, nephew, understand the blessing that you have being in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Because the dude at security at the terminal was Hawaiian. I want to say Pacific or whatever, Pacifica. But he was acting as if he was better than the black folks that were in line. Mm. He was a big swole. I'm talking about the rock looking dude. Mm-hmm. And I've learned in my life that you have to break the tension with someone for them to calm down mm. because they're always on the edge. This is a Northern thing. So, I always look for something to have a conversation with. So I saw his tattoo. I looked at it. And I said, "Oh, that's a tribal. That's a tribal mark." So when I we got through the line, started moving. He, everybody to the left, everybody to the right. Don't ask me no questions. Just move. I got up. I said, "Oh man, what's going on?" So I like your tribal tattoo. Where you from? He looked at me. What a nigga know about a tribal tattoo? <laughs> oh, but you know that's such and such. He said, "Oh no, no, no." I don't know what it was. He told me what he was. I said, oh, that's nice, man. Do you have a full sleeve or a half a sleeve? So I break the tension for him. So now he's, oh, man, I got a half a sleeve, but I'm working on the rest of it. And this is what I want to do to my body. Oh, bro, that's good, man. You know, it's first thing in the morning. Thank you for doing your job, man. You have a good day. And he looks at me, and you can see the whole dispensation of him changes, the demeanor, excuse me, of him changes as he talks to everyone else after that mm. moment. But that's part one. Part two, we start going through TSA some more. He's the greeter part. And then it's a mixture of races in there. But it's four black people, two sisters, two brothers. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at how they're treating them. I'm like, they're treating them like they just niggas, dogs. Yeah. Get over there. You need to do this. And then the sister, I saw her. She was having a good day. So she just said kind of F this and she stepped back. And I told my nephew, I said, look at this as we walk through. And he's looking, but he's not understanding what I'm telling him, look at. So I look at what's going on. He's looking around. And then when he gets, I said, what did you see, nephew? He said, I saw a bunch of people working and they didn't look like they were happy. I said, but what did you not notice? I said, it was all black people in there. When you're in Atlanta, it's all black. Yep. Or it's majority black. Yep. You will never go anywhere in the world and see this. Unless you're in Africa. Right. <laughs> but even in Africa, you're not yeah, going to see it yeah, to this degree. You don't. Not that way. So you got all these black people working in every level mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. This is a beautiful, I'm talking about, so you go to downtown Atlanta. I'm, and I'm saying all of this because I was having a conversation, again, I'm always having been in conversations and meeting with people. So I was in a meeting with this executive but like that was meeting with an executive yeah and he was talking about how he was traveling and he was in new york he had forgot because you know covid everybody was locked down he's like i ain't going nowhere f all y'all <laughs> <laughs> i got a business to run i'm running for my house i said cool <laughs> he said but i forgot being in atlanta what atlanta brings he said i'm in he said i was traveling to new york 
And he said, we were up there and I stepped off the plane, got in the cab. White dudes, I understood that. I was cool. He said, but I went downtown. I went into such and such building. He said, the dude at the front desk looked at me like, why well, I was here. Yeah. He said, what this nigga doing here? And I tell him, I'm here to see such and such. Go upstairs for me. He looked, he said, you sure? <laughs> the hell you mean I'm sure? <laughs> yes. Exactly. So these people, we don't understand the blessing of being to Atlanta. Exactly. But going back to the point, you can, you convert to Atlantans at this point, but you bring the same mindset of where you just came from and you kill the atmosphere that you're trying to get, get to. to. Yeah. It's like, you know, with us, we were born in a culture that that's not really nothing that we can't do. You know, we can be a doctor if you wanted to because right. the opportunity is there. If you want to go into um, into politics, the opportunity is there. You know, if you want to go into, it's more than just entertainment for us here. And the thing is, we don't have to da- dance, ju- uh, shuck and dance. Right, right, right. You know, for for nobody. You know, and to be born in this type of atmosphere that black people are respected, it's when you travel, you don't realize that it's a. You know what? I want to talk about it from a whole different angle. When other people, when white people, they listen to a podcast like this, they don't have an understanding of not feeling as though they belong in a place of power. Like mm-hmm. there's no no thought for them to go somewhere and go, okay, well, you're not supposed to be here. Or, you know, they don't have that that same thought, you know, of because the one thing about gentrification, mm-hmm. we're just going ahead and put that out there because gentrification has literally ruined a lot of the black culture that's here. And it, somebody told, oh, well, this, that, I, I feel like gentrification is necessary to a certain point, And I'm going to tell you why. A lot of the places that are being taken over, they need to change. <laughs> I mean, it's like, white people, I don't care if you was to let give. Let the church say amen. Let me tell you something. It's a difference between black folks and niggas, right? Oh. It's just oh, what it is. It is? You know what I'm saying? Black folks and niggas. If you was to give every person that goes under the definition of black a million dollars, let's say we go to the bluff. Let's say we go to Metropolitan Park. If y'all do not know where the bluff is, or Metropolitan, those are some of the worst places. Do um, not go there. <laughs> I don't care how much they rap about it. Right. This is <laughs> oh, not a tourist I know you trap. saw some shit on Netflix. Don't, don't do it. But here's it's the a thing. a trap. If you're white, you can go to the worst neighborhoods in the country. And no problem. And nothing happened to you. Not at all. They, they as soon as they move in, they, they all do the same shit. You know, they move into the neighborhood. They take the inner streets first. And then the surface streets that everybody else know, they they slowly disseminate out. out and as soon as they move into the black neighborhood, they can do something that don't nobody, no black people do. They put Star the Black Lives Matter side of the yard. And they, they when they taking a business and you like, damn, that used to be an abandoned building. They always spray paint the shit <laughs> so they can drive the price down. I don't know what they They always put some fake gang tattoos or whatever. Like the shit been there for 30 years. And ain't nobody touched it. Now all of a sudden they're interested to buy it and they get spray painted, right? Right. But anyway, we we know you coming because you fixed the sidewalks. <laughs> they never cared about the, the sidewalks. Infrastructure of the neighborhood starts you know, to change. It's starting to change. And then when they start taking over businesses, they always want to do murals and shit all over. <laughs> we're down. We're, we're hip. We like but you people. The, the, the thing is this, right? Black people can't do that. 
And I'm not, and I'm saying that in a very thought provoking way, as in we don't have the power to change the mindset of the people that's in the neighborhood. We don't. Because if I was to give everybody in the bluff a million dollars, it'd be somebody trying to kill the next nigga for a million dollars. Got Damn. You know what I'm saying? It's like, wow. The, the thing is, I, I had this conversation because I was talking to an older woman. And uh, she was saying, like, baby, they can't get rid of all those black folks. Niggas, they can get rid of. She said, but you don't, don't understand the washing that God is doing in all these neighborhoods all across the country. She said, let me tell you something. Uh-huh. She said, now, they going to get into these neighborhoods and niggas not going to be able to keep these apartments. Folks who ain't prepared not going to be able to keep these properties. And what happens is they wash the neighborhood and whitewashing. I was like, how is that good? She said, let me tell you something. The old generation, the old way of thinking, they don't want to work. They don't want to change. They want to keep doing everything. She said, but that new generation, he don't have a mindset of I can't. Mm-mm. All he see is other people are making it happen. Mm. He see what used to be a rundown crack house, mm. what used to be that business, that what used to be the chop shop, mm. and somebody literally took and made a skateboard Park. Park out of it. Right. They done took an idea of where people looking at retro stuff and they buying VCRs and DVD and they're patronizing. They done made a gym out of it. They done made a coffee shop out of it. Mm. They done made all these business and these little boys and little girls, these little black boys and little black girls are going, okay, I can come back and do that. And the other thing is people going to be people. They going to come out here. They going to see our barbecue they going to see that guy playing at the park and his shorts uh, swinging. Mm. They going to see these big booties and they going to smell all that food and they going to do what people do. They going to start getting to know one another mm-hmm. and they going to start becoming part of a whole nother thing. And she said, the thing is, black people, we're going to keep on living. We're going to keep on thriving mm. and we're going to take that and we're going to do something new with it. Mm. We always have been like that. And I thought about that. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Because. At the state that it was in, you we had some of the worst child trafficking, period, in the country. Man. We were having uh, a lot of the crime was coming back in, in waves. And we know Atlanta's getting worse. But, yeah, you know, but I feel that our, everything is necessary. Everything we, we talked about one time where God allows things to happen. But, like, Atlanta used to be a lot more fun, too. Man. <laughs> Man, look, when they tell you the parties used to stop at 8 in the morning, Bruh. that ain't no joke. <laughs> I, no, I know I'm not. I should have done a lot of things in my life. I, I know. But I remember you were with me this night. Or <laughs> <laughs> Sue was with me. This is this is one of them nights. It was like, yo, let's go out. We, we about to. You said, we want to go out. So, all right, we're cool. I remember Compound. Nightclub. If you're from Atlanta, you Man. know Compound Man. was the Compound Vision. Shout out to Alex, you know, at AG Entertainment. Um, we were in there one night when time fall back. Man, I was drunk, so you, <laughs> <laughs> Bruh, you tell I mean, like the club. <laughs> I remember the DJ was like, "Oh man, you know what? Bad news. Good news, bad news." He turns on a thing. It's like what? Good news, um, no bad news. It's you know daylight saving time, so you know we gonna gotta close. Good news, it's one o'clock again. Let's keep going. <laughs> so two o'clock hit, one o'clock came back. We partied, but then he kept it open an extra couple hours. So it was like four o'clock in the morning. We leaving. 
I did, or Sue and I had something to do at eight o'clock. We took a two hour nap, changed clothes, <laughs> and was back out on the streets handling our business. Them the type of nights that we don't. Man, what you talking come about? Come on, man, and then before this is two thousand five, six ish. But before you and I really were clubbing in the nineties, they were going at six, seven in the morning. Man, look, even in the two thousand, we was go to uh, prime time. Oh, I, and for those of you who know about prime time, man, look. And uh, Central Station. Central Station. Y'all, oh my I never God. went. Y'all always went. Man, yeah. look, Central Station used to be the most raunchy, the most ghetto. That Man, let me tell you something. Oh, that's why I never I went. Have, people would come from the strip club. The strippers would come to the strip club to uh, and go there. And some girls just, and they would make money, like dancing. I know. Uh, uh, yeah, y'all told me all the oh stories. God. Never it, it, it was terrible. <laughs> it was good and terrible. <laughs> and I, can, I can remember coming out of the club, literally. It's dark when you go in, and it's light, light when, when you, you go come out. out. Man. And I'm talking about the birds chirping. You look at it, you smell like barking. Hennessy and regret. And I got to go to church. And I'm, I remember coming, to, I have them literally, literally running Back home, late for church, got to switch clothes, spray something on me, <laughs> and I'm at the church clapping and, and singing, and I got the VIP wristband. <laughs> <laughs> I got the band on still. Oh, man. And, hey, and the person beside you, keep, you, why do they keep looking at me? Oh, hold on. My fault, my fault. I think you need to rededicate your life. <laughs> oh, man, whatever, sister. I just seen your son in there with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But Atlanta was definitely a lot more fun. Um, there was a lot more clubs than what people, people see stuff now. And it, I want to say this. It's like. I hate, no, go ahead, go nah, ahead. The, 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 we talk about clubs. We t- so today's episode, most of them be like, again, what his saying was, if what? If you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. So we're doing this whole life wrong right now. We're dealing with the clubs, but we're putting it in the perspective analogies where you can look at everything that you're doing. Like, man, are we really doing life the way we're supposed to? Yeah. Like, mimosa Sundays. Every club is, a, <laughs> is now a lounge. Yeah. Everything is... A VIP section. Remember this? If you're old enough, you remember this. People don't dance no more. All, All they, they do, do is this. <laughs> and we thought it was a joke when it came out. But Goody Mob was saying this is what's changing. Yep. People not dancing no more. Again, the change was after that was we weren't dancing. We were doing dance moves in the club. They were like, yeah. whoa, uh, Soldier Boy, you know, that, that <laughs> whole era. And all that. The whole era was dance moves. Ooh, no one really dancing <laughs> no more. And then went from dancing to sweat, to just, I don't know what we were doing, dance steps. And then everything became a VIP section yep. in the club. Yep. So when you go into these places, I, I'm not frequent them anymore, so don't even say, hey, you, nope, you ain't seen me nothing. <laughs> well, probably have. Another conversation. Um, but you're there. No one is dancing. Yeah. We used to, remember, you used to go out to have fun. Yeah. You used to go out to enjoy other people's company. Yeah. We go out now to sit in a section on your cell phone. Man, let me tell you something. What See, are you doing? You just paid a thousand dollars for the section. And you just, you sit up there recording yourself for Instagram or for Snapchat or, or whatever. whatever social media that you're on. It's like, for real? You could have stayed at home. And it's, you know, when we when we do go out, mm-hmm. we literally take over the club. We, <laughs> we got, when we go out, and even especially when we was younger, you know, I got a story about my brother literally taking the club home. 
literally. But um, hey, but yeah, like so we changed the names of people, especially to protect the innocent. Look, man, he know what he did. <laughs> <laughs> if you're ATL and you was probably over his house and you probably got a couple kicks. Nah, let me go. <laughs> right, <laughs> let's leave some of that to where it was, brother. But it's crazy. Like when when we go out, we actually having a good time. And I feel sorry for a lot of the younger generation Man. because they are pretending that they're having a good time. Right. You 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 sing up, we we engage, we we laughing, we having a good time. Hell, we'll make up a dance on the spot. Right. <laughs> we and if, even when we're having a conversation, we're having the best conversations. And we're we're actually enjoying ourselves. Yeah. But a lot of the young younger generations, they're so in tuned in being on the internet to pretend to show them like uh, we literally watched this girl she was sitting up there she, it looked like she was about to break down crying you know she's sitting up there her friends come around she smile they all get on the um, phone they squeeze their hands together they take a picture and then they go back and they're thumbing through their phone again and then she got her hookah and she's you know Thanks. Smoking a hookah, and she's all on the phone. You know, she her head side to side, mm-hmm. and she's making a little duck face and all that. Then she cut it that. off, and then she's back with her head down. And I'm looking at this like, man, look at this girl pretending to be happy. And what's funny is that people will look at that because she's a beautiful girl. They'll sit up there and go, I want her life. And they don't know that all that was make-believe. This girl. <laughs> what Drake say, um... She, I know a girl who's happily married till she puts down her phone. Mm. Yeah, but uh, and that true. whole quote, that the whole part of the song is people are faking yeah. every day. And like you said, are we living life? Are we having fun? Exactly. I mean, like you said, listen, again, you got to get out to know people. And, you know, especially if you're in Atlanta, you only deal with black people on a regular part. Go get to know some other cultures. Yeah. You will experience life on a whole nother level. Tell Again, you. you ain't never sat down. I went to school in Kentucky. I remember when I was going to school, they was calling it Clan Tucky. They were trying to spook me before I went up there. You ain't never <laughs> sat down with some Appalachian, hillbilly, hunky-ass white folks who are cool with black people. Don't be careful. I'm trying to tell you. Be careful up there. <laughs> you will come up missing. But just sit down with some Appalachian um, white folks and talk life. Mm-hmm. It is funny to hear their perspective of you think that you having problems and it's like boy I'm good. And I'm talking about so I had experience uh, I went. I was with entrepreneurship for the public good or something like EPG shout out to Berea College and we went down to backwoods of Tennessee. I went into a coal mine. I had never done that before in my life. You went into an actual coal uh, mine. An actual coal mine where it's a <laughs> Bruh, this is is the beginning of a scary movie type bush. (laughs) I mean, we're walking up and it's a hole in the side of a mountain at least a quarter mile wide. It's crazy. And it was 100 degrees, actually about 102 that day. Mosquitoes big as my hand flying around and you're trying to fight and it's hot outside. And you get towards this coal mine and anyone who knows what a coal mine has been to the one, they can tell you right now. You get 10 feet in front of that coal mine, it is a, it's 100 degrees outside. It dropped to damn near 70 degrees. Nope. That sounds like the beginning of Jurassic World or <laughs> some scary You movie. go inside the mine, it drops to almost 50. It's crazy. It's a whole nother world. But when you start talking about life and how you think your life is grand and whatever, 
they are comfortable mm. living in mobile homes and it is cool. I mean, I seen them. I eat now. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm very, I'm very picky. But they went and caught a rabbit, bust the rabbit head open right in front of me, skint it, threw it on the damn uh, skillet in the it fire. Good. I ain't taste that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but just seeing them enjoying life, I yeah. saw moonshine being made. I was like, yo, this is, this is different. <laughs> but the 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 old dude that was there, he was just like, boy, and I almost flipped it when he called me boy. I ain't gonna lie. He's like, boy. You're taking life too serious. Mm. Enjoy the moment. And I had to sit there like, you know what? You're right. They the ones doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> they doing it right. They, they, I mean, they've made a whole life out of themselves. I was mm. over in China. Uh, no, went to South Korea. China then South Korea. And they were eating kimchi and rice and eggs. And this is breakfast food. And they were enjoying it. Like, yo, man, this is, you want some sausage? No, I don't want no meat. I'm good with this. And I was like, yo, the life and how you live and the fun is your perspective on how you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And too often, again, like you go back to the Instagram, we are living the life of some, we're looking at other people, social media, you look at other people, highlight real mm-hmm. and judging the negative views of your life. That's someone's good moment that they lied to you on. Exactly. And you're, oh man, I should be living like that. Man, nah, you should be living the way you want to live right exactly. now. Exactly. Exactly. Live your life. And too often we're not. Yeah. And that's why we here. Yeah. And it comes down just, we started this podcast again because we kept, I, 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 I was worried about what other people thought, what, how people would view it. And I'm like, why? Exactly. And then people were telling Yusuf, just do it. But not knowing folks wanted to hear it because they wanted to hear the perspective or just to see someone else do something that they know they should be doing too. Mm-hmm. You're encouraging. Somebody tell me, yeah. oh, Yusuf, man, thank you for doing the damn podcast, bro. I'm going to go ahead and start my thing I'm doing. Okay, well, you could have been there that. I know, <laughs> man, but you know what I'm saying? I get it. You wanted to see someone else step out there to do it. Yeah. Have fun. And sometimes people just needed an escape. You know what I mean? Sometimes people want to, it's like when you go and watch a movie or play a video game or your favorite show or sports. Sometimes people like to live vicariously. Oh, okay, okay, uh, Biggie Small. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to live vicariously through you. (laughs) Honestly, though, because they might not want to do that, but they might want to enjoy the moment for a little while. That's it. You know, that's why, you know, I was a huge gamer, still a gamer at my heart, but I'm nowhere near how I used to be. But if you can step into that character, you know what I mean? Like we watch uh, movies and you get to be Superman mm-hmm. and you get to be that person, mm-hmm. see it from their perspective. And it offers you a certain thing. But the problem is a lot of people do that with their life. You know, they they are living a false thing vicariously. They're pretending to be something when like if, first of all, that could be you. But do you want it to be? You, you know what I really mean? Do you really that want life? that to be you? You know what right. I mean? I, I, I see so many people out there and they go, you know what? I wish that I was doing this, that, and the other. Yeah, you don't know what, what, what she's doing um, on that trip. She always on these trips by herself in these miscellaneous places. All right. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah, you not see a job her. to speak about. Not, not, not a business or nothing. So uh-huh. You might want to you wanna look into that. You know what I mean? Ask some questions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but the other thing is, like, uh, uh, 
you can't forget to have fun when you're doing something. You know, when we when we doing those our things in life, a lot of times we forget to celebrate our wins, and we don't even realize we winning. You know, we looking at the the goal, this massive goal, and you don't realize how much you've done. And sometimes that's what I love about Atlanta. It it offers plenty of places where you can celebrate your wins. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you can't get caught up in that. I can remember you know, probably just 30 at the time. A brother, he would decide that he wanted to celebrate his birthday. He was like, man, look, it's Aquarius season. We going to party every day. Oh, yeah. You told me about that. Man, every day. We was going out every night. And Rasul, the trooper, man, look, he a banker. He stayed up every night with us. He stayed five minutes from his job. Right. He late every day. day. Shout out to the homie. Like, I remember this. Man, look, we was partying so much, man. Like. And I mean, like, it was back to back. We started from my god sister's birthday all the way through almost. We almost ended February. We was like two days to the end of February, right? So from January 20th or something. And I'm sitting in the club. My feet hurt. We just nodded side to side. He looked at me like, Tim. I can't do this. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) He said, man. I don't want to party no more. <laughs> and I was waiting on you to say it, man. Yo, it felt like like the days is running in. And he said something that was thought provoking. He said, "Man, what are we celebrating?" That's what we we start having that conversation. You know, the time. yes, sir. What are we celebrating? What are we doing this for? What is this for? And that's the whole thing. Like, if you're young, if you're a young person, have your fun, but have a reason. To have it. You know what I mean? Yeah, live life and enjoy yourself. But you have to set parameters to yourself. We we, we, we was just talking about this earlier. Everybody putting all their business out there. You know what I mean? Everything mm. don't need to be on social media. And Bruh. I know you hear people say come that on. all the time. But come Get on. Get dressed with me today. You know? <laughs> Remember growing up. And again, you know, folks, you're old enough to be honest now and stuff. But growing up, the highlight to going to school was, I want to see your outfit. Yeah. The highlight to the award show was the surprise of the outfit. The highlight to everything was the outcome. How did you do it? Because we don't know your full go through issue story, but I know he was struggling on that day. He did this. He can call he fire, fell in the school, but didn't show it up. He Man, he shut the show down with his outfit. <laughs> but now everybody wants to show everything. Yeah. There is no discretion. Yeah. There's no secrets anymore. And it's supposed to be cool. Like, where? When did we figure that our privacy was for sale? You Come know, on, brother. I look at a lot of things, and you know, the thing we were talking about this earlier, like, I don't care what celebrity does it. Like certain parts of your body and certain parts of your life should be for you. And your spouse. Yeah. That is it. Man, look, let me tell you something. A lot of these young people and older people, this is the sad part about it. It's not just young, but it's it's everybody. Do not covet thy neighbor's wife. I think that's how it goes. Yeah. Something like that. But when your wife has put herself out there for the neighbor to see. Is it against the law then for the neighbor to come with thine wife? Man, look, it, 
everybody should know where your special tattoos are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody shouldn't see certain things, man. And it's like a lot of uh, people, a lot of women and guys too, they turn in their degrees for an OnlyFans account. And so you mean to tell me that what? Well, I got me a foot account, so (laughs) (laughs) I'm showing my feet on a regular basis. You want some? Come look. (laughs) It's crazy because like what people have sacrificed their lives for, like wars have been fought over women. You know what I mean? Wars Wars have been been fought over women. Wars have been fought by women to get the rights that they have and that are now being freely thrown out the window. For $5 a month, $2.99. Or even for free, because they say, I have, and you know, again, this is cocktails and conversation. Real adults have real conversations about real sh- And in this real conversation, we have, guess what? The freedom of speech. If you don't like it, turn the knob. Back to what I was saying. So going back to that, Women have fought for the rights, period. And the generation now throws out these rights. Yeah. Women fought to just go through any part of history. Women fought to stand up to be in the boardroom. Now it's like whatever. Women fought for the right to control how they see and view themselves. They wanted to do things. And now it's just like, I can do what I want because I am me. And, and you're going to respect is, it. You know what? I've always questioned that. I can do what I want. But why is that what, what you, you want to do? You know what I'm saying? What, 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 makes it, what makes it okay to destroy yourself in the process? Because it's not building you up. And, and, and like, okay, if you're going to be out there Embrace that fully, but there's a consequence to it. There's consequences and repercussions, boy. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. A lot of people are not willing to accept the consequence. They want the action, but they don't want the consequence behind the action. I want to sleep with a whole bunch of people, but I don't want to deal with the consequences of the name what happens. It's like, okay, you, you, you want to party your life away, but you don't want to deal with the consequences that comes without building a life for yourself. Come on, bro. They want someone to rescue them or they want someone to tell them it's okay mm-hmm. to destroy yourself. You know, like- But the issue is they don't see it as destruction. Uh-uh. And then when they get, again, talk about that that beautiful thing called time. Mm-hmm. And time catches up with you, no matter how you look at it. Then when you get older and it's like, oh, I shoulda, coulda, woulda. But- when someone told you along this time period, hey, stop doing them drugs. Exactly. Hey, cover yourself up. Hey, start uh, studying a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You said, I want to party my. I, I am free to do what I want to do. I got the right. I can do this. Who are you to tell me? I'm just somebody who don't hit life a little bit older. We're taught <laughs> that. A man does not learn how to live until he's 75. Man, what you talking about? Because what happens at 75? That's why you see what? So many older people are in the church. Because mm-hmm. at this point, they understand, man, I done did my way my whole life. Mm-hmm. Let me go back to God. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just turn and give them. It's not that they're just turning to give their life over to God. It's the fact that they understand. Mm-hmm. The parameters of life are set up for a reason. Mm-hmm. 
No drinking, no smoking. Oh, that's just God hating on me, nigga. Because, you know, God, you know, he made this stuff. Well, not everything that he made was for you to take in. <laughs> he made... It's the, poison out there, too. Right, it's poison out there. <laughs> you know, he made he made the, uh, the coca leaf plant. Mm -hmm. Coca leaf plant was not used for you to go out there and hitch an arm. Mm -hmm. It was used for penicillin, probably for something else. Exactly. But you're using it the way you want to. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. How's that working for you? <laughs> How's that working for you? You know, you can use anything for your betterment or for your detriment. That's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anything can be like that. And that's what I'm saying. Like, when you have your fun, there's ways to have fun. There's ways to enjoy yourself. And then the other thing is, I remember, like, when in Atlanta, there wasn't no appeal culture. There wasn't no, you know, no. It was, like, not cool to be on drugs. Like, no, so I thought the same thing, but what it was, it was hidden from the from the masses. masses yeah. It was out there, but when um like you go back and listen to David Lloyd Johns and uh the uh I'm a UGK fan and talking about uh the syrup mm -hmm. pop a pill and what's his name Three Six Mafia, they would say these things, but like you said, it wasn't cool. So we just weren't doing it on the masses. Yeah. So I say they made drug dealer music back then. They make then a lot they of drug user drug music. music and now it's changed to where people are now depressed because now they're in the the on the other end of drug using. It's like you hear a lot of the uh, the music from the youth now, and it's a depressing type thing. It's like, uh, oh man. It, I'm feeling low and my heart is broken and all this other stuff. It's like, okay, these this is the after effects right. of taking too many drugs. Right, right. And it's like, you know, and it will evolve again. Right. You know what I mean? But it's like there's a, a, way, a way, there's a limit. You know what I mean? It's a reason why the club closed. The club is not 24 hours. Right. <laughs> Waffle like House can be, but <laughs> right. I mean, it, there's a time to go home. There's a time to, to understand what it is that you need to do. And, you know, it's not like that we didn't do stuff, but we wasn't putting everything on camera. And it very well might be because we didn't have that kind of stuff. But you got to understand, like, what are the, the repercussions of that? Like, I watched a young lady. <laughs> it was a guy uh, traveling through, you know, they had a, I guess it was spring break or whatever. And they were just kissing random strangers. I'm thinking, man, you're going to get the bumpy lip next morning. You, know? you can't just be kissing on random women and you know, random dudes out there. You don't know what's going to happen. So I have a, <laughs> man, I tell you, people, when y'all hear me say stuff, I'm trying to tell you, I, I get out a lot. So I get to talk to people and I love conversation. It, it, it expands your mind. Yeah. So I was talking to this one sister and she was telling me about, what is that? Uh, what's the the bumpy? What's the bumpy? Herpes. Herpes. Yeah. And I thought again, I never knew that. I, I, I'm really to myself on a lot of things, so I thought it was just genital warts, herpes. She's like, no, you can get it in the mouth too. Like, what the hell? She's like, yes, I got this from doing what you were just talking about, randomly kissing people, and you know, out enjoying yourself. I'm gonna kiss this person. I'm gonna kiss persons, and she's like, yeah, I. Went, had the test because some of my mouth was being messed up. I said, wow. <laughs> Note to self, don't kiss Nam on my until you're getting married. <laughs> like, it's, it's, again, not 
having the parameters of life. Yeah. And you just free balling. Yeah. A lot of y'all young guys that smoke weed, you just grabbing a blunt. You don't know what. <laughs> Next thing you know, you got another lip. <laughs> <laughs> or or um, what's his name? Uh, Kendrick Lamar said his first blunt, he had sherm. It was a sherm one. Yeah, you don't so know you what you're smoking. you don't know what you're doing because mm-hmm. you free ball whenever. Not everybody is meant to be in your circle. I'm telling you. Not everybody can you do everything with. We all have to learn the parameters mm-hmm. of life. Mm-hmm. Because the parameters of life actually allow you to enjoy life. Exactly. And I didn't, you again, understanding things allow you to understand God set up parameters for a specific reason. reason. You can't do everything with everybody anywhere, anytime you want to. Like you just said, the club closed at 2 o'clock for a specific reason. Yeah, especially now. I, I feel sorry for y'all in Atlanta because we used to just party. Oh, man. <laughs> he used to just party. Be like, okay, it's light outside. I guess we'll go home. <laughs> I guess but we'll now, try like, to the clubs close at, what, what, ain't that uh, what uh, Ludacris said on the radio? The clubs close at 3 They feel like the Atlanta died. <laughs> I remember like, man, at 3, we was mad. Like, right. what do you mean? Three. But it ain't even three no more. It's in kind of back to like, I don't know. I ain't been in the club in the longest time. I don't even know. Like one, two o'clock in the morning. But it's for the safety of parameters have yeah. been now set, set so that everyone can be safe. Yeah. Because. <laughs> but no, it needs to. You know, you know, I just, it made me think about something. Is not only you got to be careful what you do, but who you do it with. Because. Recently, the uh, the girl that went to uh, Mexico with her so-called friends. Oh, man, that was sad. Yeah, then she got killed with her so-called friends. There's so many things that happen because we have access to information so much. Um, you know, a lot of you young girls are out partying with people who you think are friends. Like, you know, I, mean, I remember I used to drive a Lyft. And I'm driving, dropping this guy off. This girl walking, you know, you know to walk in Atlanta. And ho- hugging yourself, mm. crying, walking slow with your head down. Young girl. The walk of shame is what it's called, people. And let me tell you something. She was too young to be out there. And so I'm looking like, man, she don't look like she no street girl or nothing like that. So I'm, something's like, no, turn around and see she okay. I'm like, hey, yep. are you okay? Are you supposed to be like, look, I think my friend that set me up and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, hey, what what, what did you do? She's like, look, I just need, I need to get home. They got my phone. Like, who is they? And, you know, my, my antenna's up. She's right. like, I, I just got to get home to my mama. I'm like, okay, this is somebody's child. Uh-huh. I'm like, get in get in the car. She got in the car. She's like, I, I want to get my friend. I think they tried to set me up to get raped. And I'm like, what? So we driving around the corner. Here comes a girl with her baby. An infant. Not no baby. An infant. Like, this, this baby had to be like a month or two old. And she's young. And she's coming in, and there's a you know tall young guy. And he's bringing her bag, and he's apologizing. I'm sorry, I never knew all that how happened. Come to find out, they're in the car, they're arguing, slowly realizing that both of them were set up. So they, here they are, these two young girls went to go meet some guys they met on Instagram. They at the house, whole another guy who's a little older than them is telling one of them that the other girl set her up. The other one is saying the other set them up, and they supposed to be getting beat, raped, and some kind of craziness, right? And the girl got her baby, and so, you know, I got daughters. I'm going off. I'm like, so y'all done lied to y'all parents about where y'all at. 
this could have been went totally left. Drastically worse. And they had some some other girls was there with, with pistols and everything. They was getting ready to kill them girls. And for some reason, the guys that they came to meet, I don't know what happened, but that's I guess that's what they were, but it was a it was a big mess. But I say that to say this a lot of y'all are partying with people who you shouldn't even know. And whenever you are out there having fun, you know, know who's around you. Know what what, what is your purpose? And have fun responsibly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Remember that. Like, if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. But fun is not always the fun that you think it is. I'm telling you. And this is when responsibility and maturity kicks in. I'm telling you. To just be out. My father. <laughs> oh, man. The older I get, love my father more and more. I used to go out. And my father, he, when I was getting back from college, even when I was going off to college, my father would be like, what you going to do? And I never understood why he'd be asking me. But for me to think, hey, like, what you going to do? So I said, how about I do some dumb shit? <laughs> <laughs> be honest with him. I said, my brother do some dumb shit with my partners tonight. You know, for real? Man, I'm probably do some dumb shit there. I ain't going to lie to you. We're going to go out, hang out. I'm probably do some dumb shit. And then one day, he's like, son, you're always talking about you're going to do some dumb shit. Why? Mm. What are the effects of the dumb shit when you get older? Mm-hmm. What if you put yourself in the wrong situation, son? Mm-hmm. Then what? Was the dumb shit worth it? He walks off. He, he always drops shit and walk off. <laughs> <laughs> drops mic. <laughs> right. <laughs> walks off. And it's for me to think. And I'm like, damn. Mm-hmm. You're right. Like he told me, this is the biggest drop that Really, this is why people always think my numbers are high in my sexual experience. And I'm like, no, my numbers are very, very low. One, because the Muslim way of life. Two, just because this moment, this this right here, people. My father, I get back from college and um, I was supposed to, I was doing some little bit of work with uh, Russell Simmons, uh, financial empowerment, Dr. Ben Chavis. I got the opportunity, I was flying around the country. I was having fun. And uh, shout out to Miss Valicia Butterfield. Um, she was a little bit of guidance on some stuff and a few other people, uh, Hassan, a bunch of other folks. Anyhow, but so I was partying with these people and I'm not, I'm not like regular partying. I'm talking about like you go to party with, um, say your top artist name. Celebrity. Say I'm partying with them and men, you don't get, and you're on the top artist, you don't get like D, C, D great women in the room. You get A++. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting in the room with Victoria's Secret model, sitting in the room with this model. I'm sitting in the room with this spokesperson for this company. And we're all like, I'm just, oh my God, what the f-? And they all, because you walk in with this group of people. Mm-hmm. You walk in with Russell Simmons. You walk in with Dr. Ben Chavis. You walk in with this group of people that they're all with the artists. You're on the entourage. But even past that, they calling you by name. Yusuf, let's go. All right, cool. So now these women are now looking at you as a goal. Mm-hmm. You must be somebody. So he's like, son, think of all the women that you've been with, have a conversation with, but in particular, women you've been with in your life, son. I said, yes, sir. He said, now think about that very special one. He said, that one that just blew your mind. Give me a second. He said, yeah, that one, the one that's making you smile. Now, of all these people that you've been with or done with or you can think of, he says, being with them, what has it brought you? Mm. 
Has it brought you any gold? Has it brought you any bigger opportunity? Has it brought you anything in your life? I said, no, not really. He says, find a wife. Get you a good woman and don't settle, but grow with her. He said, because all pussy does is one thing. It makes you come. And then after that, then what? Right, son. <laughs> Get your life in order. Where <laughs> we need a bomb drop. <laughs> right. So he says that, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> having fun stops for us at mm-hmm. that point. And so again, we've been around this all this time. So you see, I will go out and have conversations. And it's like, like this. Oh, Yusuf, he he's like, nah. Yusuf don't talk. He talked to these people. He's gone. Yeah. Because it was not fun for me anymore. Yeah. Once someone busts your bubble of fun, it puts the parameter on things for you. Uh-huh. But the parameter is for your safety. That's true. Because think about all these brothers who have fifteen women, fifteen children, eight different women. Mm-hmm. They're chasing what? You're chasing a high. And the high is not really a high. Mm-hmm. You're just chasing a feeling. Mm-hmm. But somebody put that parameter on you and tells you, hey, that's not fun. That's not good. How many children would they have not had? Exactly. If you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. But what is your definition of fun? That man. That becomes the <laughs> quintessential thought that we all have to put in place. That's true. What are we having fun doing? Mm-hmm. You can be a minister and your fun is the ministry of the people. It is. If you're a teacher, your ministry is, edu- you're, you're having fun when you see students learning and educating and growing. Now you go home and have fun with your spouse another way. But the overall fun that keeps you moving is this fun right here. It is. And we're not, it, again, we have not focused on what is the fun that makes you move. That is. If you figure out what makes you tick and move in life, you become a very, very, very powerful person. Because mm-hmm. then no one can use you. No one can tell you, like you said, oh, someone told you when you was five years old that you don't like that type of woman. And <laughs> you was in your whole life, well, I don't like big girls. <laughs> ah, and then in the back of your mind, you always got this thing for a voluptuous woman, but you never know why because you never figured out. Someone told you what to do because mm-hmm. they put a parameter on you that wasn't for you. That was for them. Mm-hmm. So, no, we out here just talking. <laughs> I'm having seasoning meat right now. Come on, we're going to start wrapping this up in a few minutes. we got about five, 10 minutes left. But no, nah, no, nah, it's important to understand that because a lot of us, we, we go out and we have what we think is fun. We, we go out there... And we think that the drinking is fun because you don't have to have accountability for what you're doing in that moment. You, no. You're escaping. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, well, my body's doing this. So you're out of control. There's no parameters. And then that cause you to make a stupid decision. Come on, man. And, you know, sometimes those decisions affect you for a lifetime. That $40,000 blunt. You know what I mean? Look. Come on, talk <laughs> about that $40,000 blunt uh, we were talking yeah. about. Yeah, like we talked last, but some people will smoke their life away. You know, they'll smoke their opportunities away. Like that uh, young man that was joining the military, he lost his bonus. $40,000 smoking it on a blunt. He lost it. And now he had to join. He went ahead and joined the Army, but 
for nothing. Missed opportunities. Some of us see that spouse, that person that was supposed to be with you, but you mm. was out there having fun. When it was fun. <laughs> it sure was fun. Now you got to see someone else living your, living life. your life with your husband. Come on. Because <laughs> I mean, you would sit your ass down no. and focus on what you're supposed to yeah. do. You wanted to be a hot girl. Exactly. You wanted to be a hot boy. You go out there and do whatever you think is fun at the moment, right. but the consequences of your fun detriment can change your life. And I understand this on many ways. Shout out to you, sis, um, for <laughs> everything. Like, yeah, man, these things is that moment. Yeah. That blink in time. Mm -hmm. That if you don't make that significant not observation, that significant decision. Yeah. That tells you this. Let's say this is life or death. And it's not always life or death. And then because of you physically living and dying, it's the life and death in the longevity of what you want versus the instantaneous death of what you want. Because mm -hmm. you made one decision. Like the people who are in jail, because you made one decision. One dumb decision. The decision that I'm going to go. Because I'm upset, I'm going to go shoot up the club this night. Mm -hmm. What for? Mm -hmm. Take your butt home. But Sit. you decided to shoot up the club. Same thing, young man. <laughs> now you stuck with that baby mama because you decided to shoot up the club. <laughs> <laughs> shoot up the walls that night. You know, it's if, what is your definition of fun? And even in your definition of fun comes out to be what is it that you want done with your life? So what is your goal? What are you striving to do? And do it. <laughs> and don't let your good time mess up your stuff. <laughs> Bruh, come on, man. Don't let your good time. Have fun, but be smart with it. Be smart with it. <laughs> it. It is so much that we have to learn. And the biggest thing, like you said, is take a moment and start just being to yourself. Yeah. Again, I'm 40 and it's like, I'm here. Yeah, man. I have two beautiful children, two highly intelligent children, and I have to be more responsible in my actions, I have to be more present, and I have to now actually, for many reasons, my son, I have to be a, a better example because of dumb stuff I've not been able to and derelict in my duty on dealing with him on a lot of stuff. So I have to be better. Yeah. Then my daughter, I have to be better because I have to, I have, again, knowing what I want to do in my life, going back to that, because one with my son to give him the, uh, a guidance and then two of my daughter to show her what she should have in her life. Yeah, it is. It's true. So the definition of fun, putting things in perspective. That's it. And Go ahead, my brother. Look, uh, if you ain't having fun, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Peace, y'all. <laughs> That's how you want to go out with. That's how yeah, you want to go out with that. We're like, yeah, yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, but honestly, take your moments and don't forget to celebrate your wins. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>